Are you a bookworm? How does unlimited reading sound? How about unlimited listening on any device? If that sounds good, then Kindle Unlimited might be something you want to check into. Sign up today and receive four months for $4.99. Yes, you heard that right. Four months for $4.99. Enjoy unlimited access to over 1 million titles. Browse magazines, listen to thousands of books, read or listen anywhere, and cancel anytime. Click on the link in the show notes to take advantage of this amazing offer. Welcome to the Communication 24-7 podcast, where we communicate about how we communicate. I'm your host, Jennifer Furlong. Today is going to be an awesome day because I have Miss Candy Jackson here, who is a relationship expert. So anyone who wants to tune in, we're live on Facebook and LinkedIn, as well as our YouTube channel. So please don't be shy. So if you are uh, willing to participate, we welcome all of your comments and all of your questions. Now, for those of you who will listen later on to the recording on the podcast, I will let you know that this is an adult conversation. It's not going to be explicit or anything, but just know it is an adult topic. So if you happen to be driving the kiddos to school or you're listening uh, on a device at home and the audio is out, I'm just letting you know we're we're talking about some adult things. So the choice is up to you what you want to allow the kiddos to listen to, but I just wanted to make sure that you understood that. So let's get started. All right, coach, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what is it that you do as a relationship expert? Well, first of all, my name is Candy J. It is short for Candice, but nobody calls me that, right? Um, the name of my company is called Candyology Coaching Services. Um, my motto is saving relationships, saving lives. And I focus on putting the oohs and the ahs back into your relationship. But honestly, I do this by helping you to foster better communication in your relationship. So I do premarital and marital counseling, sex therapy, sex education for all ages. Although my sweet spot, since I am a former teacher, is between the ages of 13 and 17 for sex education. Oh my God, I love it. Um, so I specialize in life after infidelity, dating after divorce, postpartum. And, and the reason I specialize in all of those different things is because I was married for 16 years and I went through a sexless relationship. So I um, definitely put the education and the experience into what I do. And anytime that you're looking for a coach, a therapist, or a counselor, that's what you should do. <laughs> just look for somebody that's going to match. It's just like a any other relationship. You need to make sure that those two match together. And of course, the energy is right. So, you know, I bring all of the energy and the knowledge and education. So that's what I do. Excellent. Yes. I'm so excited to get started with this because I know that there are so many people who are in relationships and whether you're married or not at this point, if you are in a serious relationship and you think that this person is the one, we're all going to run into issues at one time or another if you're in a long-term relationship. And it's helpful to hear from different perspectives, you know, and hopefully throughout this conversation, if you are having some difficulties in your in your relationship, this will give you some ideas for some things that you can try out, or hopefully you'll contact Candy here and then she'll be able to help you out and point you in the direction that you need to go. So you had mentioned a little bit about your background, you know, you have a background in education and then you were married for 16 years what caused you to go in this direction? What's the reasoning behind you leaving education and then in deciding, you know what, I'm going to be a, a relationship coach. I'm going to, I'm going to get into sex therapy and help couples out. What was that journey like? Well, it's a multifaceted answer, actually. Um, so what happened was, let's see, I was, mm, I want to say 2014, 
um, pregnant. And um, me and my my significant my ex husband um, had our child in 2015, and in the same year, I became a bedroom candy consultant. And if you're not familiar with bedroom candy, it's a lifestyle company. So it, we go all the way from luxury cosmetics to everything that you can think of for the uh, bedroom. So we, you know, make you look good and then make you feel good, right? That's how I say. It. <laughs> Well, in that, you know, I had already um, studied psychology in um, and for my bachelor's because I, I, um, I have a bachelor's in education um, with a minor in psychology. And then I went back to school for a master's in curriculum and instruction. And so in that journey, um, as a bedroom candy consultant, I was faced with all of these women that kept asking me all these relationship questions. And they kept asking me all of these sex questions and, mm-hmm. um, you know, how to spice up the bedroom and then how to communicate about all of the other things in the other room. And I got asked all of these questions all the time. And so we were at a convention, um, I want to say in 20, 2015 or 2016. And um, Dr. Rachel, who is who I had my um, my certification for clinical sexology through, um, she decided that she was going to create this institute. And so as a bedroom candy consultant, we got it in for the low, low, low tuition price, right? So I was like, okay, why not? <laughs> Let's do it. And so as I started to go through that, I started a second master's in marriage and family therapy. Um, and I decided not to finish completely. I mean, I was a year in um, when I decided not to finish um, because I was getting so many people that was like, oh, you got certified to be um, a coach. Let me come to you for help. You know, I started to put myself out there and people were coming already. And I based that knowledge with relationship coaching, life coaching, all of those things that I'm now certified in. Um, and it just blew up, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> that's I a was, great problem to have. You know, <laughs> and, and the thing about it was I also was so relatable because mm-hmm. um, not only was it the fact that I had been married for at that time by 14 years by then. Um, and we had so many issues with sex and because I'm a very fluid person, I'm, I, I, I want to try this. I want to try that. And I, I want, I, I want to make sure that we are having sex on a frequent basis. And are, are you satisfied? And what, what are your wants and your needs? And he was the total opposite. You know, he could take it or leave it. And it, you know, when those two worlds collide, ooh, <laughs> that wasn't our yeah. issue, right? But um, I, it, it made me so relatable in the conversations that I was having with um, other people and helping them to navigate that through their relationships. And so it's it's been a wonderful roller coaster, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. And so uh, I think I mentioned other that I love sex education for teenagers because as a teacher watching my middle schoolers, because I taught middle school, watching my middle schoolers try all of these different things in middle school and coming to mm-hmm. me talking about, oh, I've decided that, um, you know, I'm, I'm gay. I want to do this and I want to try that. And I want all of these things. And I was like, but we're in middle school. Um, let's slow down a little bit. But, you know, if you need it, you know, I don't want you to go in things blindly. So I want to make sure that you're safe, you know. So I would I would start having these conversations with them. And unfortunately, you know, sometimes uh, in the school systems, you know, all of they want you to teach is abstinence and all they want you to talk about is abstinence. But um, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, that's not reality. It's It's just not. Mm-hmm. It's just really not. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that's that's why my heart for sex education in that manner is very, mm-hmm. very high. Um, and I would say, you know, young adults, all, you know, and, and here's the crazy thing, Jen, and I, and I told you I can talk, so you got to stop me whenever you want. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's the crazy thing. Like, because I'm a preacher's kid, <laughs> um, I also get approached by a lot of married women in the church. And, mm-hmm. and I have done classes and I had to sign an NDA for, for mm-hmm. certain churches because they want me to come in and talk about, you know, spicing the bedroom up, in, you know, and all they're teaching is, oh, keep your legs closed until you get married. Right. And yeah. It's, it's taboo. It's taboo. 
Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, so what in the heck do you do when you get married? Now that all I've been taught was keep my legs closed and be a lady and, you know, mm-hmm. and now my husband wants me to get down and dirty and be nasty with him. <laughs> and you're like, what? I don't know how to do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I do want to, I, I want to follow up on one thing that you said and it it comes from Jill saying, love your stand for healthy relationships. And I want to make sure that everybody understands that. And, and thank you for that, Jill. I want to make sure that everybody understands, regardless of your moral view on extramarital sex, regardless of your value system and, and your belief system, uh, whether or not you agree with teenagers you know, having sex. The fact of the matter is they are having sex and they're being exposed to it earlier and earlier through the movies that we watch, the shows that are on television, um, even some of the podcasts, you know, that they listen to, of course, not like this one, but, you know, podcasts, the, the entertainment industry, you know, and they have access to all of it through the technology. So, you know, they, they are, it seems like younger and younger and younger they're being exposed to this stuff. So it's it's so important to have a conversation with them about how to be safe, how to be healthy. And even if you, and still have the conversation why it's important to maybe just wait a little bit longer, you know, mature a little bit, be able to handle, you know, all of the extra baggage that comes along with being sexually active. You know, I mean, it, it, really does come with a whole host of of issues that you have to begin worrying about when you become sexually active. So, um, you know, it's not that we are promoting sex, like, yeah, go out there and have sex. It's just the reality is, is that it is happening. And we want to make sure that whomever is doing it, you know, that there, if it's, you know, teenagers or people who are, have been married for a long time, that, you know, there's still a health component to this and a mental health component to this. So I just, I wanted to throw that out there to make sure that everybody understands, you know, where we're coming from within this conversation. And there was something else that you mentioned also being married for 16 years and then having this journey of realizing that you're sexually incompatible. What was that like for you trying to have those conversations, you know, with, with your husband and when did it get to that point where you understood? Cause 16 years is a long time to invest in a relationship. So just, I know there's somebody out there who's probably going some, through something similar. And I think it would help to hear that part of your story as well. What was that like for you to have to go through that conversation and, and how did that you know, how did that change you or open your eyes? You know, what, what happened there? So uh, before I answer that question, I want to go back to one thing that you said though, um, with Mm -hmm. teenagers, I I want to, um, really thank you for saying that because it's an issue there where kids are doing things earlier and earlier. Right. And mm-hmm. then the parents are like, oh, no, just don't do that. Just don't do that. Just don't do that. And that's not helpful. That's not helpful at all. But if you and I have parents that come to me that are like, well, I don't want to teach them how to do all of these things. That's not what we're teaching them. We're teaching mm-hmm. them if, if they're going to do these things, how to be safe in doing these things, because we can't yes. control. We can't control anything that they decide to do. And if they decide to do it, I'd rather you do it with an educated mind versus an ignorant yes. mind. So, yes. um, so <sighs> where do I start with this marriage? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Remember I said that that wasn't our only issue, right? Mm-hmm. So when I think about the breakdown in communication, I wasn't, uh, when I married my husband, I was 21 or 22. And so I, I was not equipped um, to know what a healthy relationship should look like. Mm. And from my father, there were some things and I'm, I'm taking ownership on a few things. Um, from my father, there was um, a man should do, a man should do, a man should do. 
right? And mm-hmm. so when that's ingrained in your head and you don't, and you realize that you don't realize what their love language is, then mm-hmm. you break people down. And so f- for instance, and when I say that, I mean, my love language is physical touch and quality time. You do those two things for me and I feel loved and, and there's nothing that I won't do for you, right? Mm-hmm. My ex-husband, he was acts of service and he was words of affirmation. So going back to what my father always said, a man should do this, a man should do that. Well, I wasn't appreciating him in the manner that he needed to be appreciated in because Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, in my head, I'd be like, oh, you want a cookie just because you took out the trash or you- Because you're doing what you're supposed to do anyway. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's how I thought, you know, oh, you're supposed to do this. You know, why am I going to give you extra words of praise? Because you mm-hmm. did these things, but not realizing back then that that's what he needed to feel loved as well. Yeah. And it's not that I didn't tell him I appreciated him for anything. It's that he needed it in a certain manner that I wasn't giving to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And so those things kind of translated into our bedroom as well. You know, so, yeah, you do this one thing good here, but you don't do that thing good here. But all you hear is me saying well, I need more of this. I need more of that. I need mm. more of this. When I'm not praising you for the things that you do well, right? Mm. So mm-hmm. That conversation got jaded a lot because then he was like, well, then I don't do anything right. And, and I said, no, that's not what I'm saying to you. It's not what I'm mm-hmm. saying at all. I'm just saying I need a little bit more of foreplay. I need a little bit more mm-hmm. kissing on my neck. I need a little bit more rubbing of my thighs and, and my feet. Mm-hmm. I need more of these things. Not to say that you're not good at, at cunnilingus. I mean, you're mm-hmm. great at that. Okay, cool. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but all he's focusing on, all he's hearing at this point is all the, the negative stuff. And that I'm sure has a huge impact on performance, right? (laughs) You know, because mentally, you know, what that does to the ego also. What a great point about the love languages for for anyone who's listening. And if you're not familiar with uh, the five love languages, it's a fantastic book. And um, I would highly recommend that you get a copy and that both of you read the, the five love languages so that you can also figure out where this disconnect is and learn how to, you know, use that as a tool to communicate better with one another. Because what Candy just said is, is right on, you know, the, the thing that I appreciate, I also, um, I love quality of time. You know, that's my big one. I just want to be able to like conversations like this. I very much appreciate. I like to do the deep dive and listen. And, you know, this is how my relationship flourishes. And my husband is more of an acts of service. You know, he's very much into making sure that his family is taken care of, that we're fed and we have a home and he works so incredibly hard and, you know, takes care of so many things. And so even to this day, I have to every now and again be reminded of this, the five love languages, because it's easy to get into that routine and you begin to take things for granted. So anyone, I mean, we've been together for 27 years, married for 25 years. And so anyone out there who's listening, even after being in a relationship for a long, long, long time, we still got to work at it. So I'm so glad that that you brought up the love languages thing, because I think that's key, you know, at least one key tool that couples can use to to make sure that they're maintaining that relationship. And, you know, Um, everything that I do has love languages in there. Um, mm -hmm. I have three different courses that are out. And um, and in my own practice, um, love languages is brought up like on the first or the second Mm -hmm. session because it's so pivotal. If you don't know Mm -hmm. what their love language is and you're giving how you uh, want to receive it, then you're all screwed up. You're all messed up. And this is why there's a there's an issue with your communication. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it boils down to what you value, right? Like, you know, it, it really gets into what you're valuing and and how you're expressing your values. And and so th- I'm so glad to hear that you actually bring that into, and it's just Jill again, you know, she's like, she's like this with us right now. <laughs> she's, we should teach that in school. And she's right. So 
Candy's bringing it to the world, you know, so if you go through her sessions, you're you're actually going to get it. But I, I think we both agree, Jill, that yeah, we should teach that, you know, in the school. Do you ever bring that up when you do go out to the schools? Um, or do you still go out to the schools? I do. I just recently um, got a small contract for, I shouldn't say small, it's a contract, um, for, <laughs> um, for a- Yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> Hey, Larry, um, for an after school program um, with a group of wonderful young ladies. And that's one of my first things that I'm going to talk about because they have the books that are five love languages for kids, five love languages mm-hmm. for teenagers, for couples, for singles. And you can go take the five love languages test on five language uh, languages dot com. Um, and mm-hmm. usually that's the first thing that I have people do. OK, let's find out. Be as honest as possible. Let's go find out with your five love, uh, which is the top. Because um, I know that we've just been talking about it, but if you're not familiar with the five love languages, it's quality time, acts of service, gifts, physical touch, and what did I just miss? Um, uh, words of affirmation. There we go. Um, <laughs> and so... <laughs> um, and so uh, honestly, if, you know, quality, let, let's, let's use me as an example, quality time and physical touch are at the very top, but that looks different for everybody, right? Um, mm-hmm. Quality time, we can just be sitting on the couch and <laughs> Mary hates the love languages. Look, ah, okay. Let, let, let's not talk about. Well, you I think wife. what you're talking, well, I think what you're talking about right now is probably what he's relating to is that frustration of, you know, how do I put this to practice? How does this actually work? You know, in, in, in application of it. So yeah, keep, keep explaining what, what you were getting into, because I, I think that's going to help. So for, okay. So everyone is different, right? So mm-hmm. it's also being self-aware, right. Of knowing what you're needing and wanting. And if you don't know what you need and you want, that's something that's a total different exploration. But as long as you know what your love language is and you know what you need for, and again, I'll use myself as an example, physical touch, quality time. And everybody goes to physical th- touch thinking that's all about sex. Nope, not at all. <laughs> Physical touch for me is kissing me at the door when you get home or um, hugging me when you come into the house or laying around and cuddling with me, which is also quality time, which is fulfilling my other love language, right? Mm -hmm. I can sit on the couch and just watch TV with you. I don't have to say anything. We can just laugh. And that's quality time and physical touching. Bam, you've met those two Mm -hmm. things for me. Right. Um, Or other. um, I'm a big PDA person. Kiss me in public. Grab my hand. You know, wrap your arms around me while we're watching the sunset or walk in the park with me and hold hands and and skip to my loop. You know, I'm I'm a a, a romantic, you know. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) So so, you know, and, and it would take someone being being willing and maybe even being able to kind of let that guard down and even be silly, just like what you were, you know, explaining, you know, grab my hand and let's you know, just skip, skip somewhere, you know? And so that would take someone being able to kind of have that free feeling of, all right, let's just let everything else go and, and let's go for it. And, so and- for those of you who are, I'm sorry, for those of you who are listening after the, the live stream, um, I just wanted to make sure that you understood where what we're doing is we're reading off some of the the comments and the questions that are happening on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And so one of our listeners said, to be fair, I hate the love language books. I believe that even though it's a guideline for understanding, it's harder to put into practice. If you know yours, but it's hard for your partner to get it, where does that leave you frustrated and heard? And I'm really glad that he's brought this up. And so that's what Candy is explaining right now. You know, how, how do we take this from theory to practice? Right. And so um, to go back to Larry, um, what you're saying is where, where does that leave you? So my first question is, does, do you know hers as well? And does she know how to uh, explain to you what she's needing? 
And does she understand that you guys have to match energies? You know, you can't give off the one that you want to receive. You have to actually give them what they're needing. Um, for instance, mm-hmm. when I was going back to talking about words of affirmation and acts of service for my um, ex-husband, he would always bring me home something to eat. Um, if he came home from a long work day or whatnot, and um, even though I could have said I cooked earlier, but if he came home late, he brought me food. But that's not exactly what I needed, right? I Mm -hmm. needed you to come home and cuddle with me and watch some TV, even if it was 10 or 15 minutes before we go to sleep. That's what I needed. But vice versa, I would bring him, you know, if I knew that he was working 12 hours at um, his job and I knew that he didn't have lunch up there, I would make lunch for him, go sack it up and, and, and drive all the way over to his job to make sure that he had something to eat. That was acts of service for him. And, he, you know, he and all of his co-workers was like, oh, your wife going to get it when she get home, right? <laughs> <laughs> They knew how far I drove just to make sure mm-hmm. that he got lunch, you know. And and like I said, later on in that relationship, I did realize that uh, his words of affirmation. So I started saying, you know, you know, thank you, baby, for taking care of us so much. And thank you for doing this. And thank you for doing that. And I went extra and out of my way to say those things because that's what he needed to hear. Right. Mm-hmm. And to know that he was loved. So it, it's about identifying what you need in that relationship for that love language and then helping to fulfill that. And if, if that partner still doesn't quite get it, then that's when a mediator, a coach, a counselor, a therapist comes in so that they can help go back and forth with this and come to a common ground about it. Yeah. And, and it kind of goes back to one of the things that I talk about you know, within the field of communication is it's, it's very much related to that platinum rule you know, treat others the way they want to be treated because we are different. We have different needs. Uh, We have different ideas of what we enjoy, what we like, what we dislike. And so to be able to hone in on what it is that your partner truly does enjoy, and even, even if it's something that you don't particularly enjoy, but if you understand that this is what really makes them feel loved, it makes them feel appreciated, acknowledged, you know, valued by you, that is something to really, you, you need to focus on. Um, because if you try to force somebody to be like you, you know, well, I like, <clears throat> you know, I, I like to give gifts, you know, as a, if you're somebody who likes to give gifts as a show of your love and appreciation, but, you know, they're like candy and, and they just, you know, they, they need to feel that touch, you know, that sense of touch through holding hands or a kiss on the neck or a hug or something like that. Well, that gift is not going to replace that hug that they're craving, you know, that hug and it's free, right? <laughs> so you don't have to worry about bringing home all the gifts. You know, the, the, the only thing they, the only gift they need is you, right? <laughs> and, and to hold their, their hand. Um, Larry has something else as well. He says, I'm a person that compartmentalized everything and buried my feelings. I went to therapy to help me learn to share and express what I mean. I think the intent for her is there, but the will to follow through is not. I hope that I'm doing the right thing for hers. I ask and follow up to make sure I check on what I, what can be done better. I'm told I do great most of the times, but then I'm at a loss as to why the follow through doesn't match. Mm. And is she shown, you know, do you give her examples of how she does not follow through? Because, you know, a lot of people tee up the ball, but then, you know, don't hit it. Right. And Mm -hmm. so is she told that, you know, is she walked through and given examples of how she can follow through? Do you know how you need her to follow through? And can you express that? Okay. So then that's when definitely then someone needs to be involved because sometimes it it takes hearing it from an outside party sometimes to go, oh, that's what he really means. Or, oh, that's what she really means. You know, and mm-hmm. and you sometimes you can be the, a great orator and great communicator. Yeah, and still don't get it because they need to hear it a different way or from someone else. Hello, <laughs> I'm, I'm an example of that. <laughs> Hello, 
I'm telling you, the struggle is real. You know? <laughs> it's so true. It's it's not easy. And I've studied this, what, for like 30 years now in communication. And uh, what Candy just said is absolutely correct. It is a work in progress. And sometimes you do need an outside party to kind of help you see those blind spots that you're not aware of. So yeah, we both, I, I highly encourage, you know, anyone um, to, to seek out that outside help um, specifically candy here because she's awesome at what she does um, with the relationship management. And it really is relationship management. When you think about it, everybody thinks about the, the flowers and the butterflies, you know, and all of that stuff at the beginning, but at some point the honeymoon will end Hello. and then the work begins. <laughs> So <laughs> that marriage or relationships is not work, they are lying to you. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you have to clock in every day to a relationship, and though the work may not be the same every day, it's still work, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and it, it's just, <laughs> I, I honestly think that when you do understand that, then it actually t- mm-hmm. takes kind of the work and the stress out of it for you because yeah. you just know that you got to do some things every day to please your wife, your husband, whoever you're in the relationship with. You know, that's right. Okay, Larry, I learned from the best orator on the planet. I'm going to assume he's talking about me because years ago, we won't say how many years later, year, years ago, he was one of my public speaking students. So. Guess what? Larry and I used to be my supervisor. <laughs> oh, no, what? That's amazing. That is awesome. Um, yeah, what you just said right there is it it's work. It it's maintenance, you know, and and so many people I'll hear say, you know, I just a relationship should be easy. You know, I shouldn't have to work this hard at at my relationship. You know, we should uh be able to just flow naturally and what do you say to someone who has that type of perception of what a romantic relationship should be like? Okay, so I'm very real in my sessions. <laughs> Good. We like real. <laughs> I am also. So so lay down some knowledge, lay down some facts. <laughs> I have, no, I honestly, the, when someone says it's all butterflies and rainbows and, and strawberry kisses, I'm like, take your rose-colored glasses off. I, I really need you to take those off. Okay. Uh, ha- are they off yet? Okay. All right. So, <laughs> and then I go yeah. back to what I just said a minute ago. You've got to clock in to your relationship every single day. And it takes work and it takes um, trying to figure out, you know, I even have, oh, I love this client right now. Um, I have a client right this moment that he will go find every communication book that he can think of. He'll go watch every YouTube he is seeking he's seeking like he's a he's trying to be a sponge right now oh my god and i said this is amazing but here's the reason why because his wife refuses to come to counseling so so he's trying to do the work for her as well as himself Mm. And so he's, mm. he slips little things here and there and he's, and, and they're actually doing better because he's just coming, you know, and he, the reports that I'm getting back from him, he's like, okay, well, I tried this with her and she really responded. So, you know, I'm going to continue to do that. So, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Um, I'm working on trying to get her in. I've, I've talked to her a couple of times and she's just like, I don't feel like it's going to be helpful. And then, you know, this week I'm going to try to call her again and see if from what he's saying that it's been helpful. Right. And mm-hmm. he's talking to her about now. Maybe she'll come around um, because she's also one of those people that was taught, you know, keep everything in your household and nobody else should know anything. You know, right. so unfortunately, mm-hmm. because a lot of people have that mentality and mindset, um, they don't want anybody to know what's happening in their household. And it's and it's honestly mm-hmm. crazy because, first of all, I can't tell nobody. That's number one. But- right. You're not everybody. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm going to say um, uh, 
Carla Johnson said, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> In my most recent session with so-and-so and so-and-so, and then bl- put them on blast, you know, out there in the... In the Twitterverse, right? No, no, absolutely not. That's why, um, even though I will say my client, my client, but I do refer back to myself a lot so that people don't feel like, oh, I'm talking about whatever we talked about in session, you know? Um, That's why I'm not, I'm never scared to utilize myself um, because honestly, it's been a great uh, promotion for my (laughs) business because I'm so transparent, you know? I'll go from one thing to the next and I'll tell you, if you ask me a question, I won't lie to you. I'll tell you exactly what happened. Um, And notice that I took ownership of what I did in our relationship and I haven't even said anything yet um, (laughs) as to the other things that he did. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an important point that you just made in that in communication, one of the first steps that all of us can do in order to become more effective at communicating is to take ownership of our part of the communication scenario. You know, regardless of what anybody else says or regardless of what anybody else does, there comes a time you have to take a step back and think about that particular situation. And what are some things that I could have done differently that may have had a, a better outcome, you know, of that situation. And, you know, I I often say that that's an important practice to take on, you know, think about your, your prior conversations, if they didn't go as well as you wanted them to, and really just, just think about how I could have tweaked that just a little bit. And maybe that could have had a better outcome. Talking about this particular um, client that you have, and he's he's coming to the sessions by himself. He's obviously working very hard at trying to learn how to do this thing better, right? Learn how to be a better partner, you know, better listener, better communicator. And she's she's holding back. Um, have you ever had um, the unfortunate experience of having to just say, well? Because your partner is so um, adamant that they do not want to be a part of the process, there's nothing more I can do for you. And and you begin questioning whether or not the partner just is done. You know, have you ever had to have those difficult conversations? Yes, I have. And it's, um, I get really sad when I think about it. Um, Yeah. Because a lot of times there is one person trying to come and the other person doesn't want, but if they're willing to both be there and then present, then they usually get something out of it. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's terrible. It's honestly, it's a terrible feeling for me as well, because I think how hard this person is trying and this other person is, is usually checked out. Honestly, yeah. What I do is when the other person doesn't want to come, I do get their phone number, I do get their email address, I do contact them and mm-hmm. and see, hey, you know, your husband or your wife is here and they're really trying, you know, do you know, come on in, you know, get a consultation, even if we do it individual, you know, and you don't want to come in with that person, then mm-hmm. I'll do an individual session and see maybe where I can help. Maybe if since this person is paying me to be your relationship coach right here and I'm your life coach here, then maybe they can, mm-hmm. two can merge later and I can become your intimacy coach that, that way later. So I've had that happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I've also had it where I talk to the other person and they're just like, listen, I don't want to be here. I don't like it. Um, I, I'm trying to either divorce that person or I'm trying mm-hmm. to get out of this relationship. And mm-hmm. here's my reasons why. And sometimes it'll be the same reasons why the other person is trying to come. Right. And other reasons it'll be like, oh, uh, something I've never heard from the other person. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Difficult conversation. And so Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, you know, I'll just ask permission. Well, you know, can I say this to this party so that they know why? And they'll be like, well, I've already said it to them. So go ahead. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll get that. And sometimes I'll get, um, no, don't say anything. You know, just let them Mm -hmm. let them keep on working on themselves. (laughs) Is what I, you know. Yeah. I imagine that would be frustrating though, because, you know, number one, in, in order to make that relationship work, 
both individuals need to be honest about what their goal is. And if you are the one in the relationship, you know for a fact that you have already checked out. You are not looking to work on this relationship for whatever the reason is. You know, you don't want to put in the time and effort, then you, you, you have to be honest and upfront about that and not string the other person along and have them put in all of this effort and time and work and struggle um, because they're still, they still have the hope that they're going to be able to discover something that right. is going to be the key to making this relationship work. Um, so honesty has got to be, you know, the, the first thing there. But if, if you don't want to seek out um, assistance like what Candy does, because you're a, you just don't, you know, you're like, oh, well, it's nobody's business, you know, and I don't want the world to know about it. Understand that I agree. You don't want to air your dirty laundry on social media, right? Don't be that person every single time, you know, your significant other does something that pisses you off. You go to Facebook and you just put them on blast and then everybody else starts hating on them. And then, you know, like that's not going to bode well for the relationship, but that's not what seeking out help is, you know, you know, and Candy's already said, you know, uh, she's a professional. She works with, with many clients and she understands the importance of making sure that you trust, you know, that what you say is not going to go any any further. So I think, you know, if it, those two, um, uh, I guess, perceptions of, of what it is to seek out that help, you know, really think about what your goal is and, and be honest with your partner. And uh, it may be uncomfortable, but it's better than just stringing the other person along because they have hope, you know, that something's going to happen. Um, Jen, do you ever watch Married at First Sight? I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I haven't watched, I haven't consistently watched it, but I have, you know, seen several episodes. Oh, thanks, Rebecca. She says great conversation. Um, okay. Hearing it firsthand is so important. I try best. I try best. I try the best. I can't read today. I try the best I can to do what's needed, but it's hard to know if everything is fine. Answers are truly honest. That's right. that's true. Um, and I, I think that's a good segue to what Candy's probably going to talk about next with with married at first sight. Because yeah, how do you know? How do you know? Yeah. So what what were you going to say about married at first sight? And then. Um, I was going to bring up two things, actually. Um, it, I'm not sure if you watched last season. Last mm. season, um, there was a couple on there called, uh, her name was Noi and Steve. And Noi had a tendency to post things on social media um, mm. every time that they would get into some type of argument. And Steve mm. was loving but firm in saying, hey, this is not okay. We cannot air our dirty laundry. Even though she wasn't giving out specific details, it was that they, they're just getting married and nobody really knows anybody, uh, especially at first sight, right? They don't know anything, mm -hmm. right? And so the perception of everybody else in the relationship now causes another issue that you have to deal with when you put the wrong people um, for the right... Uh, halfway for the right reasons into your relationship, you know, social media, I think has killed a lot of relationships, honestly. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. You mm -hmm. take to, you take there and you go and do all of this typing because you're upset and you're mad and you're doing all this and then other people read it. And so now that they have a terrible perception of your significant other, when in 5.2 seconds, you're going to make up and, and you're going to work out the, this thing, but now they're forever tainted and stay yes. with, oh, well, they did this and they did that. No, keep it in the house and let a mediator, a coach or a therapist help you, pastor, whoever, priest, whatever is floats your boat as far as a mediator goes and get those things to work, the, get the tools to work things out, right? Yes. Um, and I think that 
Um, so I love the process of Married at First Sight. And the reason I say this is because you really have to start from ground zero and you have mm-hmm. to rely on the tools that that you are given in um, for a healthy relationship. And they have those two experts there and they're with you every step of the way. And I feel like everybody needs a counselor. Everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs a coach. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, we have to get over, we have to get over this idea that if you reach out to a coach or a counselor or a therapist or anyone for help, then that means that there's, there's just something wrong with me. Well, you know what? Guess what? There's something wrong with all of us. We all need it. There's no, there's nothing wrong when you recognize that you need help with something, to go get that help. If anything, that shows how strong you are because you're willing to address whatever the issues are that are coming up. That's not a sign of weakness. That's actually a sign of strength. A sign of weakness is trying to hide it, trying to avoid it, um, and just trying not to deal with it and pretending that everything is okay. That's, that's a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. That's, those are the, um, those are the qualities of what a coward is, right? Right. I'm not going to address, I'm going to hide, I'm going to bury my head in the sand. But if you, if you are courageous, what do courageous people do? They look at the problem and they try to address it head on and do what they need to do. So yeah, I, I agree. I love that, you know, they've already built in that process. I guess it married at first sight. It's like, look, you're going to need help along the way. And that's why we're here, you know? And so just kind of have the understanding that this is a normal part of the process. And you know, um, it's, it's strange that, uh, you know, I, I just thought about something when you were talking, um, when I think about the best managers I've ever had, best uh, leaders that I've ever had, they knew how to delegate out to their subordinates that, hey, you, you're great at this, you're great at that, you do this, you do that, this is where your strong suits are. And it's the same thing when you are looking for somebody to help you to do those things, right? You mm-hmm. realize that you're assessing the problem, that's a strong person, that's a courageous person. You're assessing the problem and saying, oh, wait, I need help. I know I need help here. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. Hey, hi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do they do? They go find the expert. <laughs> so they make sure that it's taken care of in a way that they, they can be sure it's going to be successful. They're going right. to get what they need, you know, out of the expert. Larry did, did ask in his, his last one, I'll, I'll bring it up here. He did say something about when it's hard to know if the quote, everything is fine answers are truly honest. Um, How do you address that in a session? Because I know that's something that's very common. You know, you might ask someone, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? Because for some reason they're getting the sense, whether it's through your nonverbals or, you know, it's something that they're feeling like it's not okay, but then they get the response. Everything's fine. Um, so I kind of have people dig deep on certain things because I ask them to be very transparent and vulnerable. And then, um, if, if I see that they're getting the, everything's fine. Oh, we're okay. We're, everything's great. Everything is roses, but you're here for a reason, right? That's Mm -hmm. usually when I separate them, um, and Uh have my individual um, sessions because they don't feel that they can be transparent in front of their significant other at that point. And so now it's okay. Let me let me dive deep with you um, because you in this session and you're paying me for this session, right? Mm-hmm. You're you're come on, talk to me. What, yeah. What yeah, if you're paying for it, you you want to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I always think because I was a teacher, I think of the Socratic method. I am a- I'm asking all of these questions: who, what, when, where, why, um, <laughs> to get down yeah. to how you really feel. And then um, I, I I actually have because um, I studied cognitive behavior therapy. So um, uh, if you have you're taking the action and your belief and your consequence, and you're thinking, okay, this is what happened. This is my belief of what this. Okay, so mm, let let's go here. Um, we're we're driving down the highway, and no, I'm sorry, I'm walking down the street, and someone tries to hit me. <laughs> so my belief is, um, you you tried to hit me, you were trying to hurt me, 
the the car was driving down the street. You tried to hurt me. That's my belief, right? And mm-hmm. then the consequence is now I'm either on the ground, I'm hurt, or I'm trying to fight you because I think you tried to, <laughs> to whatever the case may be. But in in actuality, the the light didn't work, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, I got the walk sign, you got a green and you thought you were okay to go through it. And your belief was, oh, I can go through this now because nobody should be walking across the street. And the consequence was, oh, I've hit this person because there was a malfunction there. Mm-hmm. Y- you see where yes. two completely different perceptions of the same event. Mm-hmm. So I have them walk down and do the ABCs of things and then go back through it and go, okay, so this is what happened, right? And this is what your belief was about it. What actually were you thinking in your head space? What was mm-hmm. going through your mind? And then it's so pivotal to see how the, percep- the perception changes. Oh, that's what you were doing. Because you got to think about things. People, people come with baggage, right? And we come right. with these preconceived notions already built up from our environment, you know, from our life experiences, um, how we were nurtured or, you know, all of those things play a part in what the belief was. So right. I actually have people break those things down and so they can see, oh, no, my partner really wasn't trying to hurt my feelings. They just thought mm-hmm. that this would help because that and it goes on from yeah. there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that whole everything is fine. That's such an important point because it could be for the other person's perception. Maybe everything is fine. Like they're thinking everything's fine, but you're reading everything is fine as everything. No, no, it's not fine. It, it can't be fine. You know, there's, there's something going on here. So that misperception that's happening, walk that back and c- try to figure out why that's happening. And again, that's another reason why it's helpful to have a third party try to assist in these types of conversations because they can help you walk through, you know, like what Candy was just describing that process, that CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy to try to get through that. And, and then it becomes clear, ah, this is why you believed it to be A, I'm believing it to be B, and that's why we're not able to create, you know, in communication, I call it creating a shared meaning. This is what we're talking about, right? Communicating in a way that we're creating shared meaning, and that's such a valuable tool. um, Larry's mind is blown. Okay, so blowing your mind, but you keep all this knowledge in there. Don't let all the while the mind is being blown. Hold hold on to that. Hold on to some pieces. (laughs) (laughs) And and you just honestly, because I'm also a marriage boot camp coach, I don't I'm not sure if I mentioned that. Um, so if you've never watched Marriage Boot Camp, um, it used to be uh, with Jim and Elizabeth Carroll. Um, they were the founders. And way before it ever became a TV show, um, they were having these marriage boot camps um, in, here in Frisco, Texas, all over the actual uh, United States as well. And then they did seven seasons of Marriage Boot Camp on television. And so I, I work with them. And it's amazing to see the transformation that people have in the four days that they're there with our boot camp because you get to find out so many things about your childhood and, and where you're not forgiving and self-love mm-hmm. and self-worth and all of those things t- play a pivotal part in your relationship. And I've had people like, well, just because um, you know I don't like myself doesn't mean that I can't be a, a great person in this relationship. And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, you're like, mm, no, that's not how this works. Like, that's never how any of this works. <laughs> and when you leave boot camp, you leave with this I am statement. So, so when I mm. took it years and years ago before I became a coach, um, I left with a statement of I am a deserving, compassionate, um, extraordinary woman. Right. And so every day that is somewhere on my mirror, um, in my car, those it's on a sticky note somewhere because I say those things to myself all the time because I know my self-worth. Right. And it keeps me from when those low moments come. I'm like, oh, nope, mm, this is who you are, girl. Say it. Say it proud. Say it loud. <laughs> that's right. And that's, that's right. That I teach my clients. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and when you think about it, it's really it when you get into a relationship, 
it's very unfair to the person that you're getting into a relationship with if you don't have that strong sense of self because they're getting a relationship with in, into a relationship with someone that they have a perceived understanding of of who you are and if that perception of you doesn't match who you really are of course you're going to get into trouble of course there's going to be situations that that's just I mean, that's a volcano right there just waiting to erupt because, <laughs> you know, so having the statement, I, I don't even, I can't even comprehend that. You know, I know I'm not okay with me, but, you know, I'll be okay with anybody else. That's, that's really isn't how it works, you know, at all. And it's unfair. It's unfair to the other person. In uh, you had mentioned previously, not not during the podcast, but before the podcast, one of the books that you would recommend to the audience is called Better Sex Through Mindfulness, How Women Can Cultivate Desire. I just wanted to take a minute to ask you about that book and, and why would you recommend that? You know, what is it that that women can get out of that book? Um, so when I think about mindfulness, I think about being present in the moment, right? And mm-hmm. so many times, um, you know, how Larry said he can compartmentalize, a lot of times women can't. Um, to yeah. be honest, we think about 50,000 things all at one time, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've had um, women and um, had these experiences where um, their, their lover is trying to give them all of this passion, right? And, oh, they're thinking, okay, did I turn off the stove? Did I put the kids' meals in the in their lunch bags? Oh, oh my goodness, did I turn off uh, the lights in the upstairs? Oh, my God, I need to dust the attic. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like everything else but being in the moment. <laughs> Talk about a buzzkill. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's, I'm not in the mood. Right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Every woman listening to this is like, been there, done that. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so th- this book helps you to walk through little mindfulness um, exercises and techniques to make sure that you are being present and in the moment when your partner is trying to give you all of those things, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Larry, why he's asking for a friend. What's the name of the, the book again? <laughs> Better sex through mindfulness. Better sex through mindfulness. How women can cultivate desire. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I love language yeah. to do that. Please, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Because that it, here's the other thing with that. When I teach my um, one of my courses is called Spice, right? And so a, a section of that is all about love languages and sensuality, right? And how you mm-hmm. can use their love languages to gain sensuality and do all of these different things um, using the five uh, senses, right? Or six, if you want to add intuition. But um, and so I, I just think about. Um, how passion ties into mindfulness, how passion ties into the sensuality, how passion, all of these things tie into communication to get you to that intimate moment and the intimacy to sex because intimacy is definitely not sex. So that, that was going to be my, my next question. When you say intimacy is not the same thing as sex, explain, explain what that is all about. Oh my gosh. Intimacy is those is knowing someone with with their with their heart out. I call it with their heart out. You know, you're you you always use that um that phrase, your heart is on your sleeve, right? And you mm-hmm. should be able to be transparent when it comes to intimacy, right? So mm-hmm. intimacy is knowing and seeing that beautiful heart that you have and knowing all of these different things and not caring either, right? Mm-hmm. So for instance, with intimacy, remember I was talking about physical touch and quality time are my love languages. Spending those intimate moments, uh, sitting on the couch, rubbing my hand, nothing having to do with sex. I'm not thinking about having sex with you. You're just rubbing my hands or you're just rubbing my cheek or my thigh or whatever the case may be, or kissing me at the door or the intimate moment of um, acts of service. Um, you see me all, with all of these groceries at the door and you're like, Oh, let me get all of those. those let me help intimate, you. Yeah. Right. Those are intimate moments. Um, cooking in the kitchen together. You know, those are intimate 
moment. You know, driving around looking for a new house. That's an intimate moment. We're sharing those conversations. We're, we're doing all of these things together. Has nothing to do with sex. Now, if you're good at those intimate moments, that person is going to feel loved and they're going to feel something tingly down under for you because they feel loved by you. That's the intimacy that leads to sex. Right. Giving a gift. Have you ever given a gift to somebody and they were just like, OK, babe, come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm ready. Thanks for picking that up. Right. It can lead. Oh, my goodness. One of the uh, one of my clients, sexiest thing she said her husband could ever do was offer to go pick the kids up in the in the drive through line of daycare. Oh, my God, because she would have to sit there for 45 minutes sometimes if she got there too late or in the middle. You know, it's just the rush of kids. Right. And so she said, oh, my goodness, if he ever says, I'll go pick up the kids from daycare, I am just I'm ready. The, the kids snacks are sitting on the table. The juice is ready for them. I've got uh, what did she say? Marvin Gaye playing in the background in uh, in the bedroom because I am ready to go that turned me on because acts of service was her love language so that that was an intimate moment for her and that led them to sex so yeah yeah and and you gotta you gotta have that conversation so that they know that's that's what you need in that relationship you know whenever anybody says you know what am i supposed to be a mind reader well (laughs) to me that's a clue right there Let's have a conversation. Let's talk about that because you can't expect people to know what you need if you're not willing to let them know what you need. They're not going to, you know, just through osmosis or whatever, understand what your love language is. They're not going to understand what are the things that you really wish they would do for you that would make you feel that love and make you feel appreciated and cared for. Um, because we're all so different. So um, yeah, that's such an important book to be able to pick up and read and and use as a tool to jumpstart those types of conversations. Um, Candy, like we said earlier, before we even started, the hour is going to go by fast because you and I both, we can talk and we could do this all day. Like we really could. I know know for a fact we could do this all day, but I do have... Uh, I know, right? It was like, boom, okay. Um, But I do want to ask you, is there anything that I I didn't ask or just, you know, one thing that you would like to leave the audience with that you think is a really important thing um, for them to to get, you know, as they're working on their own relationships? Assume nothing. Mm. Assume nothing. The phrase that you can make an ass out of yourself Um, when you make assumptions is very, very true. And when we walk into um, relationships with preconceived notions or assuming that because this last person did this to me or because of our prior experience or prior knowledge, this is what this person is going to do with me or this is why they're doing X, Y, and Z, it's wrong. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that you shouldn't use prior knowledge and make sure that you guard yourself or guard guard your heart. I get those things, right? But make no assumptions about the reason why someone could ask. Ask questions. Mm-hmm. Ask clarifying questions. Ask the right questions. <laughs> And hopefully if that partner wants to really be with you, they're going to give you a true and honest answer. You know, yeah. and trust what they're saying until they really, truly give you a reason not to believe them. Yeah. Ask those questions. If you don't know what questions to ask or how to ask the questions, that's when you contact Candy so that she can help you do that. So what a great segue again into the final thing. So Candy, share all your information. Those who need your help, how do they get in contact with you? So um, at all social media platforms, it's at Candyology CS, and that's C-A-N-D-Y-O-L-O-G-Y-C-S. It stands for coaching services. Um, my website is candyologycs.com. <laughs> um, and uh, you can D- 
DM me if you need to. Um, my name on Facebook is Candy J Price, or you can reach uh, again, um, Candyology Coaching Services, and I answer all of those uh, DMs. Um, YouTube is Candyology Radio, uh, Candy J. And I definitely have a podcast uh, um, that I should see being seeing my sister on very soon. Hopefully. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we will continue this conversation on Candy's podcast. We've been trying to get this together. <laughs> That's right. That's but that right. airs on Sundays, but I do go live throughout the week. So. <laughs> okay, awesome. And I will make sure that all of that contact information is in the show notes. Um, everybody stand by. I'll make sure that you have all of that information at the ready so that you can contact Candy um, because everybody, everybody needs a little candy in their life, oh, right? Yes, right, Candy? <laughs> All right. Well, you know, um, everybody who has participated and Candy just put it in the comments as well, her website. Um, thank you uh, to those of you who watched the live stream. Uh, you to uh, add something. I really appreciate it when you make comments, when you ask questions. It really helps the show. Um, and it really helps us to understand what are some of the things that you're curious about so that we can direct the conversation in the way that's going to be most helpful to you. Um, so yeah, definitely thank you for that. And thank you, Candy, for being on the show, offering your expertise in this area. I really enjoyed our conversation. This is this is going to continue on your podcast as well. So everybody stay tuned for that. Um, but I really appreciate what you do and um, being so incredibly honest and in your goal of just helping others try to become, you know, the better version of themselves so that their relationships will definitely flourish in that way. And you know, I appreciate you because communicating about how we communicate, who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's what it's all about. <laughs> That's what it all boils down to. All right, everybody. Well, that is it for us. Um, Y'all have a great rest of your day. Happy Monday. Hopefully this got your, your week jump started, you know, a little bit and uh, y'all take care. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave a rating and a review. Also, you can now buy some communication 24-7 swag. Yes. Please go to our website and spell the numbers out. www.communication247.com. Buy some merch, submit a pic to me, and I'll give you a shout out on the next episode. Remember to follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and also subscribe to the Communication 24-7 podcast YouTube channel to find out when our next edition of Unscripted is being live streamed. Watch during the live stream and participate by making comments and asking questions. Till then, take care. It's the Amazon you love, but for work. Make workplace procurement easier with convenient delivery options, simplified purchasing workflows, multiple payment options, and a competitive marketplace with business-only pricing and quantity discounts. Anyone who makes purchases for work like procurement specialists, office administration, IT departments, for example, can create a free account for their business. Create your free business account today by clicking on the link in the show notes.